Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, after 4 o'clock on the fan, Evan and Tiki will make our picks for Championship Sunday coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I had this idea during the offseason, uh, Tiki, to have met killers on the Rico Bronia. And just talk about their time killing the New York Mets. <laughs> so it's actually kind of genius. Thank you. So we had our first guy. I haven't revealed who it is. So I'd like to reveal it for anyone who cares or is interested. And you can download it on Sunday. Who the person is and how I began the interview. Because I was very excited about getting to begin an interview in a way I've never done it before. So ladies and gentlemen, very quick clip from an upcoming edition of Rico Bronia. On behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? Yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> and it was a very cathartic experience. If you want to hear how he responded, because you know, was, uh, loving it, uh, you can download it. It'll come out on Sunday. I think. This is the Rico Brogna Podcast. But it did have me thinking. You know, for me, that was cathartic. I got to tell Adam Wainwright to go F himself. Yes. And it felt very, very good. Right. Did you have a cordial conversation-ish? You'll have to download it and find out. <laughs> oh, I will. I've been waiting for it. <laughs> by, by the way, this is so perfectly baseball. All of the problems baseball has, and Evan drops this highly weighted Rico on championship side. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Brogna Podcast. That's right. It's exactly what baseball does. That's what I do. I was, I was actually <laughs> major league baseball does the same thing. Well, here's the beauty of a podcast. You can download whatever the hell you want. Listen to it next week. Listen to it six months from now. By the way, when you have a conversation with the now-retired Adam Wainwright, that's a conversation that's going to sound the same two years from now as it does on Sunday. Good point. Um, Not adding to his resume. That's right. But it did have me start to think. And it's a question for you, Tiki. It's a real question for Sean and Lugie as fans because you're a fan now, but you're a player. Mm -hmm. If there's one person you could have on Zoom or telephone, in this case it was Zoom, and get to tell them to go bleep themselves. Oh. Who would you pick? Really? I don't know if I have anybody like that. I got it. Uh, <laughs> it was so quick. It's I, easy for fans, I think, but yeah. Okay, you want to guess? Can I guess? Yep. All right. So, Sean. I got it. You ready? Yeah. Deshaun Jackson. You, you got it. That's the guy? You got uh -huh. it. And by the way. It wouldn't be a one go bleep yourself. Huh? I'd mother f him after that. <laughs> that that yes, I hate Deshaun Jackson. So you wouldn't have been able to then have a conversation with him because I did have a conversation with Wayno. Right. How old are you? In fact, by the end of the interview, I was calling him Wayno. What was that? <laughs> How old are you? I am now forty years old. And you were looking at him, right? I was staring at him in the face. Again, there'll be a video released real soon. I All looked right. at him, and by the way. Some, he started showing me things after I said that. <laughs> I'll, I'll let that happen when you see it. Really? <laughs> try to clarify that at least a little bit, though. Yeah, he was yeah. showing you maybe stuff, uh, paraphernalia. That no, he, he was here. showing me stuff. I'll Not. leave it at that. <laughs> okay. All right. I, again, if you look at a person, I think it disarms you. I'd probably be able to have a conversation looking at the Sean Jackson, but if it was on the phone, oh, that'd be the end of it. Because I'm a coward, ultimately. So you would tell him to go bleep himself and then hang up and you'd be done. Yeah, like I did this in person at Radio Road to David Ortiz. I essentially said those things did to you him really? in person. Did you really? So you met David Ortiz and in person told him to go bleep himself? Radio Road, my prior stop. Uh, yeah, essentially I said, I bleeping hate you, just to, so you know, and I'm not going to hide it. Within five minutes, he was bear hugging me and we basically could have got drinks after. <laughs> oh, so and he I, got you to, to I like I got to be honest. Yeah. You know, I kind of love David Yeah, Ortiz, you're right. But, what did he say to you? He was like, uh, you're going to love me. Yeah, you're going to love me, you tubby mother bleeper. You know what I mean? He rubbed my head. He was a great guy. I love him. <laughs> he totally took you. And by the way, that's exactly how my interaction with David yeah. Ortiz. I wasn't mean to him at first, but right. he was just like, Tink, 
you think I could play football? I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, man, your calves are too little. <laughs> and he's not going to done it. He just and happened to wear. after batting practice and took Coco Chris bat. Coco Chris? Chris? How about that? And who would you say it to, Luke? <sighs> Tough one here. I have a lot of choices, but I'm going to narrow it down to two guys. Jeter or Clemens? Yeah, Cle- Clemens. Mm. I think it's I think because you know what Jeter, I do have a lot of respect for both on and off the field with the stuff he's done. So I think I would end up liking him. Clemens, no way. I, you know, it's so funny you say that. Adam Wainwright was very engaging, mm. and I handed yeah. to him, and we had a very nice discussion. And while I still don't like him, I respect him, I appreciate him, and all Adam ever did to me was perform. Right, he was That's awesome. All yeah. he That's did. It. Yeah. Um, Derek Jeter, same thing. Like all he ever did was perform. But I feel with Clemens. It's personal. Jeter represented a awful time in my life that's growing up a Met fan during a Yankee dynasty. Yeah. He was the poster child for the Yankees and the poster child for my suffering. No, I get you, but I think... Including the, in the World Series. But so. at the end of the day, all Derek ever really did was Which, just be awesome. I know. Mm. And I think the difference between Derek and Roger and Wayno and Roger right. and even Chipper and Roger, because trust me, there's a lot of candidates for episode two of the Mets Killer Series. Yeah. Roger... He's a douche. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's but personal. He's, but he's not. Oh, stop it. But he is. You want to do this again? Because I'll do it. Well, I mean. He I, threw a bat at my guy. Did, okay. <laughs> oh, I went we and go. looked at it. And it, we talked about this a week ago. I'm not going to revisit it. Uh, you, ever, you ever talked to Roger Clemens? Ever, I would love to. You ever met him? Uh, no, but I'd love to. So I, I got something to say to him. I, I did. We know. I did. And what would you say to him? Well, we so I I used to have this company Thuzio. It's still around, but we got. I still have wired. the T-shirt. I love it. Right. So we did we did events with stars like, yeah. like Lawrence Taylor and whoever you could think of, and we did one with Roger Clemens, and I asked him. I had a conversation with him in front of an audience for like I don't know forty five minutes. Yeah. And he was honest. Did you ask him of why course. he threw a bat at my I did guy? not. I did not. Well then. Oh. Well, I did, but I didn't like dig into it. Because I don't care about it. Uh, <laughs> I cared more about the steroid stuff. Oh, so you asked him a pointed question about steroids. 100%. And, and he basically said he never did it. He said, if I would have took taken steroids, I would have been as big as a house. Well, he was as big as a house. Uh, no, but like bigger than a house. <laughs> I think he took HGH. Oh, okay. That's, that's, right. the, that's the which, easy out which, on it. Which, no, I'm just telling you, in the in that industry, that is the the substance that people take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it helps you recover, especially for pitchers. I, I just I know this because I know this. Okay, right. So people want to throw steroids. It's the wrong substance that now, people are talking about. Now I think you're right, but just like from a fan's perspective, I think when fans say he took steroids, they mean HGH yeah, and all yeah, that right. stuff. It's you know, like it, they, yeah, but we they don't, don't mean but, it very literally. Yeah, but you know, human growth hormone. I don't want to even get to the science of it, but it was accidentally associated with steroids back when steroids became a big deal. Mm. And so, in our minds, we think it's the same thing. It is not the same thing. I got you. By the way, uh, Roger Clemens is one of the great pitchers of all time. He should be a Hall of Famer. I just think he's a douche. Right. (laughs) We hung out, and we we had this conversation, and then afterwards, he was like, we going home now? And he don't, he didn't want to go home. Oh God! So All he right. stayed. Did we sang karaoke? This whole thing disgusts me about how wait, wait, funny buddy you became with him. Karaoke? Yeah. We sang karaoke. Right. Enough, of the, enough of the kumbaya stuff. Atlantic Grill forever. That's and correct. By, Paradise and, by the dashboard right. light. <laughs> and he stayed friendly. And so he wrote me five months ago. He was oh really? In, he was in, you know what? Do us a favor. Get him on the air. He was. In I Florida, want to talk to him. And he wanted to play at Old Memorial, which is my brother's course. He's like. Hey, Teak, this is Rocket. <laughs> he calls himself Rocket. He calls himself Rocket. Another yeah. example. Is he Maestro? Classic Roger. <laughs> it's amazing. So get, get him on the air then. Enough I, of this. I, I want to talk to him. I will. Thank you. I will. I will. And I will I be will. as respectful as humanly possible outside of me you telling be- him to go bleep himself. No, don't do that. Oh, we can't do that? <laughs> That's only for the repo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will be respectful, but I will be direct right. with my issues with him. Okay. All right. Now, answer the question. Who would you like to tell to go after themselves? Honestly, there was nobody that I would. Because you know my fandom was, like, screwed up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When I got drafted, well, by maybe, the, maybe as a player, there's somebody you want to say it to, uh, or a coach. Or a teammate, or an ex-teammate, or a guy who played no, on another team. I don't know. Good relationships with all my teammates, coaches. I had pretty good relationships. Even t- Tom, like on game day, we were great. Mm. Um, and there was no like, like enemy I had because I didn't play the game that way. I didn't play the game angry. You know, a lot of guys play the game angry. They're just pissed off at the world. Right. Like Sean Taylor, may rest in peace. He played angry. Yes. Right. He'd make a good hit on me. I'm like, man, good hit. He'd be like, f you. I'd be like, dude, I'm just trying to say, like, he's like, F you, F you, F you, F you. Like, you just cussing at me the entire game. I'm like, bro, okay. And then at the Pro Bowl, he was fantastic. But on game day and regular season, he, he hated you. So I don't think I hated anybody I played against. Interesting. I mean, Trotter beat me the hell up. Jeremiah Trotter down in Philly. But there's nobody I would say that to. If you said Brian Dawkins right now, you'd make me and Sean smile. Because yeah. that's Dawkins. another guy you could put up there. But Screw no, that guy. Brian Dawkins, my last memory from professional football. Not, I mean, I played in the Pro Bowl afterwards. My last memory was also was the uh, playoff game against the Eagles in 2006 at the end of that season. And Dog came up after me at game. He found me because I was just like sulking off the field. We just lost, and he's and he grabbed me by the back of my jersey and he pulled me around. He gave me a big hug and he's like, "Dude, I'm gonna miss you, man. You're one of the Warriors." And it was like, "Well, well what dude, about his talk, hit, man. What about his hit on Ike? Yeah, he laid Ike out. Yeah, Shockey got him back. It's all good. Well, we don't remember that as Giant fans, but we I don't. do. I do, because Shockey caught that pass over him, and then yawed, jep, j- you know, jawed in his face and said that was for Ike. And so he's like, "All right, respect." You're not I getting Tiki to tell anybody to go f themselves. I'm sorry, I guys. I just, just no, I understand. I, 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 I have the, uh, I'll call it a luxury, but it, as a misfortune from y'all's perspective mm-hmm. of having relationships with all these people. I get it. Like, well, no, Sean gets it now because he has a relationship with Poppy. He used to hate him, now he loves him. No, but give him a big hug. But and, seriously, think of the difference. And well, Tiki, what I was going to say, well, Lugie doesn't is a year or maybe after the Poppy, I did have Doc on Radio Row. Loved him, too. No, <laughs> exactly. you did not. I did. I'm telling yeah. you. See, that's the problem. Because he's that, too. He's <laughs> and I did like mention that. the Ike incident, <laughs> and he was a good dude. If Brian Dawkins played for the Giants, I'd love him. But he played yeah. for the Eagles, but he did, so I don't. I mean, when he broke Ike's sternum, for those that don't know what we're talking about, yeah. Ike Hilliard got hit across the middle, literally, literally yep. broke his sternum. And missed, I don't know how many. I mean, he played the rest. Of, he played at some point that year, which is crazy. But he was never the same. Never player the then. same. But he would take hits all the time. After that, it was different, and um, people hated him because he broke Ike. Ike is Ike is the man, man. He was the man when he was when he was young here, and Brian Dawkins was basically responsible for him not being Ike anymore. So people hated him. But once you know, once you know these guys, it's hard to hate. If I it's got really to know Chase Utley, I would not get to like him because he hurt the hotter. He was a schmuck. He was a Philly. Yeah, yeah. just like Sean. If Chase really? Utley starts tickling you the way David no, Ortiz I can't be bought that easily yeah. with those guys. You say that now, Tom. I know. All right, if Chase Utley comes on our show on Radio Row when the Jets are in the Super Bowl forty years from now, maybe we'll see. Nah, Chase Utley won't even act that way. He's got the personality of my thumb, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Utley has the worst personality ever. Hoff and I were talking like who should be next on the Killer series right. after Adam Wainwright. And we talked about Chase, and I said, he would put us to sleep. Right. Like, I tell you him. You couldn't have a long enough conversation with him. Yeah, it would just be, like, boring as hell. You like, got to get Larry on that. I tell him, yeah, Larry would be great. I'd tell him to go F himself, and he'd be like, oh, okay. And then, like, five <laughs> minutes later, I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? Talking to this bore. Let's go to Anthony in Rockland. What's going on, Anthony? What's up, Anthony? Hi, uh, Evan. Thanks for taking my call. So, I have... You know, a little bit of an argument here against Bill Belichick. And I'm not saying Belichick's not great or anything like that. It's not hating. He's just number two on my list. I think the early Patriot dynasty, 
that part of it, I give almost 100% credit to Bill. Mm-hmm. I think part of Bill has not adapted with the game a little bit. I think towards the end it was Brady besides that Rams Super Bowl. How, and I think there was a little bit of luck there involved. One, P. Carroll ran that ball, um, which was huge for him. Yeah. But it was also great scouting by Bill. Then you have the Falcons completely mismanaging that game. And if you go back to that overtime against the Falcons, the first and goal play was almost a pick. Right. He almost would have had Pete Carroll's legacy there. And the, the way I look at Bill, honestly, is as the number two best of all time, his legacy to me is going to be Jerry Krause. I think he completely, in a, in a, to, a, to a degree, ended that dynasty a little earlier than he needed to. Yeah, he but what did, what did he, what did he do to get rid of Brady? Yeah, he just he didn't believe in Brady. Yeah, he didn't believe in Brady at the end. That's what that's what started the like trickle out. Is that at the end he basically was telling, you know, Kraft, Brady can't play anymore. Yeah, it's and it's so I guess that's why, you know, people want to pit Brady against Bill Belichick. But as a coach, isn't that is I mean. You got to make decisions. They're and hard Bill, decisions. throughout his NFL career as head coach, was successfully making those decisions right. about getting rid of guys right as you were supposed to. Now, did he screw it up with Tom Brady? Yeah. Now, but you got to ask yourself this: If the Patriots ran it back after 2019 when they lost in that wild card round, and Tom is back in 2020 with that Patriot team, do they win another championship? Yeah, we're all, we're, also, we're also forgetting the fact that that year, that last year was the first time Brady made $30 million. In 2020, uh, 2019? Yes. Yeah. Like, before that, he hadn't made... He wasn't making top-end money. Right. And he wanted it. Right. And so, the, it became like... So, this is the problem with him being the, the decision-maker. Like, the de facto GM. He's the coach where he has one opinion about a player, but he's also the GM right. where he's got to have a completely different opinion or at least conversation with the agent. I think Jerry Krause comparison is way too strong. And the other thing that I don't think is fair. So I would say that, yes, the first part of the Patriot dynasty was about Bill Belichick and that defense. I'd agree with you. I don't think there's any question that it felt at times it was Tom going along for the ride. Mm -hmm. I'd admit that. In the second half of the dynasty, Tom was the GOAT, and he was the best, and he was awesome, and they had dynamic offenses. But let's not act like they didn't have a top-ten defense. Yeah. Let's not act like Bill Belichick had forgotten how to devise brilliant defensive plans because they were still doing it. So, yeah, I think that offense and Tom Brady became a lot stronger than it was in 01, in 03, and 04. But let's not forget and just act like the Patriot defense at the end of that dynasty was being dragged up by Tom Brady. That wasn't the case. No, you're they right. They still had a damn good defense. And by the way, I was wrong about that. Tom Brady made $23 million that year. Mm. I mean, he was nowhere near the top of the salary level for NFL quarterbacks. And he wanted to get paid. It just made a lot of difference. Um, when, he, when he went somewhere else, you could pay him. Tampa wanted to pay him. They paid him. Made a ton of money. Put him in cap hell, but they made a ton of money. I think, look, Bill. Bill's responsible for those early championships for sure. But at the at the end, while it, a lot of people say, "Oh, it was Tom Brady," it was Tom Brady. It was also, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator, right? He he did a, a heck of a job. McDaniel's did a heck of a job. Yeah, scheming and getting guys open and making it. I don't want to say easy, but it just it was it, it felt easy for them. It looked easy for them. So. That's his staff member, right? That's his offensive coordinator. Right. He let walk away and then hired him back and won another championship. So you, you can't not give him credit for that. Look, debating his legacy is going to be something that will exist forever. You know, we still debate Phil Jackson's legacy. We still debate guys who haven't done it in a while's legacy. It's more, is this it for him? Like, is one truly bad season, and this past year was truly bad. They were 4-13, and 13, there's no denying it. Is that really the end of his story as a head coach? And with him not getting a job this time around, I lean towards that it is, unless he does something about it. And the something he may have to do, as crazy as it sounds, is humble himself and become a coordinator. Because otherwise, as the years go on, I think it becomes less and less likely that Bill Belichick ever coaches in the NFL again. Richie is in Rockland. What's up, Richie? Hey, guys. been listening to you for a while, and I, I just – First of all, by the way, this is not why I call, but I have to say, I speak for most Yankee fans, 90%, that the go-after-yourself was Pedro, and now it's Altuve. But, <laughs> That's a very good answer. Oh, yeah, for yeah. Yankee fans, I can totally see that. Yeah, definitely. Pay. I get yeah, yeah, Pedro yeah. over Ortiz in a lot of ways because of that. Yeah. 
Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. He's long gone. Yeah. But I like to look at things from a business perspective when it comes to coaching. And I know there are differences in sports, but there's so many similarities. You know, you're only as good as the people that you have around you. Right. And, right. and your ability to motivate them to buy into whatever it is that you're trying to sell. You know, and, and I think when it comes to Parcells and Belichick, they both did it very, very well. But I, I have to give a little bit of a nod in the direction of Parcells because he, he did it in other organizations. You know, it kind of reminded me, my favorite book was written by Lee Iacocca about how he uh, got forward up to that level with the Mustang and then left and went to a Chapter 11 company in Chrysler and did it all over again. And I think that's why I give Parcells a little bit of a nod. Not about the Brady argument or any of that stuff. I think it's simply that he was able to get so many different people to buy into a system and get the right coaches, the right people around him to make things happen. Yeah, no, you're not wrong about that. And Lee Iacocca is one of the great businessmen of our of, of the previous generation. But Bill Belichick also is one of the great winners. And, and, and the difference in sport is that somebody lifts a trophy. And in business, maybe the bottom line matters. You know, maybe the total number of sales of cars matter. Maybe that stuff matters. But it's not really mano a mano. Mm. Not man on man. You're not competing directly. You're competing, you know, to get the customer. In in sport, one team raises a trophy. Yeah. Period. And he raised a lot of them. Well, it's interesting because he brings up something Bill Parcells did in his career that is absolutely impressive. I agree. Mm-hmm. And that is going from organization to organization and fixing them. Yeah. The Giants initially, the Patriots go to a Super Bowl, the Jets go from 1 and 15 and within 2 years they're in an AFC title game. But it doesn't penalize you to only be in one place. And my evidence of that is Red Auerbach. I mean mm-hmm. Red Auerbach is considered by many to be the greatest head coach and executive in the history of basketball. If I argue Phil, there'll be someone older than me to call up and say, what about Red? And if we played that game, I'd say, well, Red's a Boston guy. (laughs) He only did it there. And Phil, you could say, well, the Bulls and then the Lakers. And then the Lakers again because he left and then came back. I don't think, in my opinion, it is disqualifying to be great in one place. No, you're right. Is it impressive to do it in multiple Actually, places? Of course. Uh, it is impressive because you're taking the successes that you – or the method to get to that success and putting it somewhere else, which right. is not easy to do. Right. But it's also really hard to stay in one place for a long time because it, the message get, gets old. Mm. It gets tired. People keep hearing it over and over. But to have the, the, like the, the same level of consistency for decades – that's that's harder, I think. Yeah, in a lot of ways, you could argue which one's harder. They're all hard. Right. Winning consistently is hard. Keith is on Long Island. How are you, Keith? Hey, guys. How you doing? Big Good. fan. Good. So, Thank uh, you. Funny, funny story, actually, going back with Chase Utley. So, I actually played minor league baseball in 2014. He was rehabbing in Reading. Wow. So, uh, yeah, a buddy of mine goes to one of you know one of his college teammates, and uh, he's on the other team, and he goes, yeah, we hear uh, – you know, Chase takes care of himself in the bathroom before games. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, after the game, we're out grabbing beers and stuff, and we're like, "Yo, dude, like, is it true?" And he's like, "Yep." And it, it gets more graphic, but yeah, that's his uh, little pregame Come ritual. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Keith. Are you saying you don't believe that, Tiki? I'm whipping one out. I mean, I believe it, but that's like in the bathroom at the stadium. You know what? I mean, come on. I have to do it. I have to retract something I said earlier. I said that Chase Utley would be a boring guest. Uh, Not if you ask him that. No, he's (laughs) not boring. (laughs) I'll bring him on. (laughs) We'll debate the slide while Ruben Tejada for 20 minutes, and then we'll do a half hour on that, Chase. I mean, jeez. Here's why I believe our last caller. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Oh, I don't doubt it. I'm just saying. Could you imagine being a human being? And Keith is not this human being. So, Keith, if you're listening, total respect. Can you imagine being a human being that said, I got a great idea. I'm going to call Sports Talk Radio (laughs) at 4 o'clock on a Friday, and I'm going to make up a story about Chase Utley, you know, eh, before a game. Like, what (laughs) kind of human being would actually do that? Right. Nobody. Unless it's it's true. Unless it's true. Hence, that's a true story. True story, Mikey? Yes. (laughs) I think it is. (laughs) Jeff is in Port Washington. How are you, Jeff? What up, Jeff? Hey, guys. Um, so, w- would you have Socia on, Kevin, as a whatever? Mike Socia? Yeah, and then, I gotta, then I've got so- 
I would have, really ask you guys. Yeah, yeah, I would have him on. It's just it's such a different interview because for me, I don't remember 1988. I don't remember. Like, I've seen it, obviously, the home run against Doc. So it would be more, not, I'd be more respectful only because it's a historical moment more than it is something that pained me. Like, I said this to Adam or Wayno or Douchey, whatever you want to call him. I said, you know, you ruined my childhood. And he laughed. <laughs> I did that to a lot of kids. <laughs> so so here's, yeah. here's my main point for you. Yes. Is, is New York, and I'm going to back it up in a second, is New York a National League town or an American League town? And here's how I back it up. I'm a Mets fan from the beginning. My first game was seeing Drysdale pitch against the Mets. Right. I was there for the Casey Stanglets. I was there for the Amazing Mets. I was there when Willie Montanez was playing first base. All right. um, and then I was there for the 86 Mets. So the 80, and this is why I'm going to tell you it's a National League town. My father was a Brooklyn Dodger fan, and we had two National League teams in town in the 50s. But when the Mets won the 86 World Series, I was at my girlfriend's apartment in the Upper West, Upper West Side off Columbus Avenue. This never happened when the Yankees won. When the Mets won the World Series, every person on the Upper West Side poured out into the streets. It was like Mardi Gras. That never, <laughs> I, ever, Jeff, ever. Jeff, Jeff, I believe you. I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm not saying you're making it up. But what I am going to tell you, and I want to be blunt about this in 2024, is that question you just asked us is a question that no longer exists. Hmm. In 2024, as a 40-year-old man, Tiki being, what are you, 45? 48. 48. The idea of this town being an NL town or an AL town doesn't exist anymore. No one thinks about that. No. Kids don't even know. There's like no difference between the two leagues anymore. Yeah. It used to be feel like there was a difference. Yeah. Now it, you feel like you're watching the same game. It's There's no difference whatsoever. And I think that what you're describing is beautiful and it's amazing. It was 37 years ago. <laughs> there's a generation of kids who grew up and they're just Yankee fans. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Like, think of that question if you made it football. Is it an NFC or AFC town? Yeah. It does, you don't even ask it. You know why we don't ask it, though? Because I think when the merger occurred, we so commingled the two conferences from yeah. leagues to conferences that I think almost immediately, probably not immediately, but I'd say within the first five or ten years, since they were playing each other all the time, yeah. since the rules were the same, it was just like, yeah, it's the NFL. I think that happened to baseball, but it happened more recently. They intermingled the years with interleague play. Yep. They intermingled the rules with the DH. And so I think as we sit here today, it's a cute question. It's a question that we would have debated 30 years ago. I just don't think it exists anymore. It's not an AL town or an NL town. You know what we are? We're a bunch of front runners. That's <laughs> what we are. Like, we asked this question, I'd say a few months ago. Actually, I, I know we asked this question a few weeks ago, which was what would be the hottest ticket in this town? Yeah. And we were surmising, like. And, I, and I, I based it on the number of fans. Yeah. And I based. Or I tried to, at least. Yeah, you thought, well, I think there's more Giant fans would be a Giant title game. And I actually thought it would be a Jet title game at first because Jet fans are more desperate. So I do think that even though the Jets aren't more popular than the Giants, they're not. And the Mets are not more popular than the Yankees. Don't tell me stories about 86. It was 37 years ago. I think that the desperation that those fans have would actually overwhelm the other fan base. Right, so they have to be there. Yeah, and I think that the Knicks, too, obviously, because it's such a unifying team in this town. There's yeah, so but, few Net fans yeah. that they would also kind of overwhelm but they, the town. The thing that, the thing that, was, that was worth debating was a one-game, like, you have to win it versus a series. Yeah. So if you got to that last game of the series, that's six games of buildup. Yes. So that one probably becomes the most... Expensive. No, you know what? I, I honestly, I gave this thought because we talked about this week and a half yeah. ago. I do think it's the Jets title game <laughs> because it's first of all a title game is one and done anyway, so mm -hmm. it's your game seven. Yep. And the Jets, like hosting that's it, so, but it's hosting, hosting it, right? right. So the not, so Jets. not only that, so not only are you in the playoffs, you're you're expected to win it. Yeah. And I'm gonna <laughs> ask you guys a trivia question, and let uh, I want to not confuse you in this. In 1968, the AFL existed. It was an AFL championship game. Mm -hmm. I just want to put that out there. There were two leagues. The Jets have never won an AFC title game. Keep that in mind. So before anyone corrects me with that, no, no, that was the AFL. It was the AFL versus the NFL. That ain't the AFC. They have never won an AFC title game. <laughs> they lost a mud bowl in Miami. They lost a game in Denver in 98 season. And then obviously back-to-back -back against Indy and Pittsburgh. They're 0-4. Mm. And by the way, complete contrast to that, your freaking team has never lost a title game. That's right. How, How about, about that? Em? How about them? How about them? Right. But only two of them at home? We did this, right? 
I think we talked about Yeah, you got two of them at home. You two, got 2000 two and you got uh, 86. Yeah. Because 90 was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then 2011 was in San Francisco. Yep. But you've never lost a title game. And my team has never won a title game. So if there was a title game at MetLife Stadium hosted by the Jets, which, by the way, even saying it out loud sounds so fake. <laughs> like, that just sounds like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay, Evan. Yeah, well, we're going to land on Mars and Welcome set up a to colony. The AFC title game, MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Think about that. Blake, <laughs> At least that would be kind of odd. Blake <laughs> Bortles and the Jaguars have hosted an AFC title game. The Jets can't. Get no, I got you. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to rub this in now or something? No, yeah, like when you really bit. think about it, no, I'm trying to go into some. Maybe that would be the hottest ticket. But it's still 80,000 seeds compared to 15,000. I think it would be the hottest ticket. By the way, there's a measure that's going on in California. And I only worry about this because if this happened here, I'd freak out. There's a bill in California right now that would require every vehicle to have a speed governor on it, <laughs> which means that if you go, hear me out on this, this is a serious issue here. If you go 10 miles above that speed limit, there would be a governor on the car to stop you from going any faster. So like a golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this. I'm no. telling you right now, we cannot have this. I understand that there are laws. You're not supposed to speed. But here's my counter to the state of California, okay? I'm not telling you I speed all the time. I don't. But what if I have an emergency? I, I, what if my wife is pregnant? What if I'm late for the Met game and I got to <laughs> be there before the top of the first inning? you telling me there's going to be a speed governor that's going to slow my ass down? I, I'm a loser. I bet this is a, a gas consumption thing. Oh, bet, you think I, that's what it is? I bet it's more about consumption of fuel than it is about safety. So believe it or not, I read about the bill. Okay. And the reasoning is safety. That's what they actually huh. said. Now, that's what the local guy, uh, his name is, I'm sorry, his name is Wiener, but that's his last name. <laughs> local California. Richard, Richard Wiener? <laughs> yeah. California State Senator Wiener said it's about safety. But, bro, we can't have this. Like, I just want to make sure this doesn't come to New York and this doesn't come to really any state in America because I love our country. We cannot have speed governors on our car. We no. have the right to go as fast no. as we want. Damn right. There should be speed governors. Are you kidding? Not in that way. Oh. There should be trackers that if you were on a major highway or parkway <laughs> and you were going one mile an hour under the speed limit while driving in the left lane, not only should your car basically have to be shifted all the way over, you should lose your license immediately. Because <laughs> no, I'm tired that. of those people, too. I get right. that. I'm with you on that. But you can't be putting governors in our car to make sure we're not going too fast. I read that bill, and I'm a concerned American, so I brought it up to everybody out there. Because if that comes here, we got an issue. Put it on Bad Tiki's political agenda. I'm going to let him know. Can you uh, text Bad Tiki and let him know? <laughs> and why do no you leave speaker? him a voicemail? <laughs> oh, I, think, I think I will. Obviously, Championship Sunday coming up in 48 hours. And I ask you a question because I've wondered this, and I'm sure there are people listening who feel the same way. And I watch as much football as I can, every Giant game, every Jet game. So naturally, mm-hmm. the national games, you, know, you watch, but you don't watch it as closely as you watch the Jets and Giants. Yeah. And I remember when the Giants played the Niners earlier this season, mm-hmm. we all kind of came away with the same thought, which was, boy, I'll tell you, Brock Purdy played like crap. <laughs> he did. And if Brock was Daniel and Daniel was Brock, okay, everything's different. And at times, Brock Purdy's played very well this season. I mean, look at his final numbers. You can't even complain. 31 touchdown passes, mm-hmm. completed 70% of his passes, and more importantly, they went all the time. Watching last week, it was kind of the same. Like, Brock Purdy was really mediocre. Mm-hmm. Like, if you asked me to give my PFF grade, we'll call it the EFF grade, <laughs> I'd say he was kind of crappy. With that said, I respect the fact that he's literally never lost a playoff game. I don't count last year's NFC title game and being hurt as losing a playoff game, which means he's 3-0 and in his playoff career. And in the regular season, he's like an absurd 17-4. and which means the guys won 20 of the 24 games he's played. And yet, <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> when I watch him, more times than not, I come away very underwhelmed. I have no bias in saying that. It's yeah. just an observation. Right. Am I well, right? So you're right, but it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter because they have such good... They're such a good and well-constructed team. John Lynch... And, I, and with the obviously the input of Kyle Shanahan, have put together the perfect team for what Kyle wants to do. Mm-hmm. And why does Brock work? Most importantly, because he's smart, right? He understands conceptually everything that he's doing. Like when he sends guys in motions, and or he stops them, or he changes the play, he's not doing it because he's you know being told to do it. He's doing it because he understands that that's what needs to happen. 
Um, and that's why Kyle trusted him. We said this yesterday or two days ago when, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and Sam uh, 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 Don, uh, Sam Darnold on the team. He was like, Brock Purdy's my quarterback. So was Trent Dilfer a great quarterback? No. No. Brad Johnson, was he a great quarterback? He had a very good year that year, but right. no, I wouldn't call right. him a great quarterback. So we've seen this before. Nick Foles, let's see. No. When you fit the system perfectly and you have a ton of skill position players around you, you don't have to be great. So when I say it doesn't matter, what I mean is it doesn't matter that he's not on the level of Lamar Jackson. He's never going to win an MVP like Pat Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Uh, even Jared Goff, I think, is steps above him. But it doesn't matter because he fits exactly, almost perfectly, what they're yeah. trying to do. So it, it, it may not matter, and they may win a Super Bowl, but this reminds me of something, and it's the same franchise, and it's the same head coach, and it's <laughs> the same kind of view I had a few years ago. Jimmy Garoppolo put up the same kind of win-loss numbers mm -hmm. that were just absurd. Like, right. He was crazy. And, and it, that's not a coincidence. Not a coincidence, right? And it didn't matter. They got to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. right? And then there was the one throw. <laughs> and there was the one play. Right. And if Jimmy makes the play, the Niners win a championship. Right. And Jimmy doesn't make the play. Right. And I sort of feel the same way right now about Brock Purdy. And I admit, well, I say this not having watched 17 Brock Purdy games. Okay. <laughs> I've watched uh, as much as you can as a football fan, but not every right. snap in every game. And a part of me feels... Like, yeah, he fits the system, and yeah, it works, and maybe they're going to win on Sunday, but he's going to make the one mistake yeah. that Jimmy well, made, and I don't it's going to cost him. I don't know. So if there was a knock on, other than not being healthy, like a, like an a on-the-field knock for Jimmy Garoppolo, it was when things got really dicey, he was going to try to find George Kittle, and he was going to throw it to him, no matter where he was, right? I trust you to go make this play, right? You're bigger than... Most of these nickels that are covering you, I'm going to throw it up high, and you're going to go make the play. And what happens sometimes when you throw it up high and your feet aren't quite set, or you're getting a little bit of pressure, thing sails on you, mm -hmm. or it gets tipped. You put too much heat on it, it gets tipped, and and a tip balls over the middle of the field are interceptions. Brock Purdy doesn't have that fatal flaw in his game, right? He'll miss some throws. That means or, miss plenty, right? Or he'll just. Like his mistakes aren't fatal like that. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo had that fatal like mistake potential always hovering around him. Brock Purdy doesn't have that. So he could have that moment, but I don't think it changes the game like Jimmy Garoppolo's mistakes change games. That's the difference. I got you. And he also has Christian McCaffrey, who's the best athlete to ever play running back, and he's unbelievable. Like his his skill is is ridiculous. So do, the question is like what what is this what is this what does this mean? For this game this weekend, yeah, is you could get an inferior quarterback winning the NFC Championship game because I think Jared Goff is better. I think he's significantly better. Mm -hmm. But again, like I said before, when you first ask, I don't think it matters. Jared Goff has a chance to do something that is kind of crazy. Four quarterbacks have been to the Super Bowl with two different teams. Craig Morton did it many years ago. Okay. Kurt Warner did it with obviously Arizona before that, the Rams. Right. Peyton Manning did it, and Tom Brady did it. But what Jared Goff would do... And so Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are the only two that have won. Uh, correct. Yes, because Craig Morton did not win in both places right. and Kurt Warner didn't win in both places. You're right. Peyton Manning won in both places. Tom won in both places. Obviously, Jared Goff can't do that because he didn't win with the Rams. No, no. <laughs> but Jared Goff would be the first one to do it. And I find this interesting. Before he turned 30. Because the other guys were old. Like, right. I think Craig Morton was in his mid-30s, to be fair. Right, but, but that's Kurt, a old back then, right? Right, that's old back then. Right, 33 in 1978 is like 40 now. Right. Kurt Warner was obviously old. In fact, we all thought he was done, right? Maybe he was a giant for yeah. a few years. Peyton Manning had the neck fusion. He was old. Tom Brady was old. So Jared Goff certainly would be the fifth guy to do it. So you can say, well, it's been done before. Who cares? But he's 29 years old. Right, and so in theory, he could be the franchise quarterback of two teams. Right, he's a two-team franchise quarterback, which is hard to do. Now, ultimately, Sean McVay and the LA Rams soured on him and, right. and traded him away, but he took him to a championship, no doubt. Like they paid him, they now, paid him a hundred million dollar contract. I'll give you another incredible note. This is an insane fact. Everybody's got to sit down for this one. You know, the last time the Detroit Lions won a road playoff game, uh, never. 
No, they, they 66, have. 1966. It's close. 1957. Oh, wow. Was the last time they won a road playoff game. And do you know who they faced? The 49ers. The San Francisco. But here's where things get really interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you know who was in the building that afternoon? Mm, well, it was like having sex. <laughs> Steve Summers! <laughs> what? That's right. That's funny. <laughs> it probably was. Yes. Steve why? Summers was. Why? He's from the Bay Area. And I've heard a story that, like, his uncle took him to the game to see the Niners against the Lions. Dude, how old was he? Like, 1957. He would have been 45 at that point. <laughs> like, 12? I was like, going to say 12. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say 12. Like years that. Old. Yeah. So, wow. Steve Summers was in the building the last time the Lions won a road playoff game. In San Francisco in 1957. Since then, the Lions have lost 11 consecutive road playoff games. Wow. And you see the details on that game? No. The Niners held a 27-7 lead. And the Lions, I mean the uh, Niners, the Lions stormed back with 24 unanswered points in the second half. Wow. For an epic comeback. Wow. Holy crap, so he saw class. Who are the stars of that? I mean, I don't even have a clue of the 49ers or the Lions. Well, in the, the Niners' case, my guess 50. would be Y.A. was the quarterback. I'd Right off the top, I would assume Y.A. Tittle was their quarterback. That'd Wait. be my one guess. I'd feel comfortable about it. Which team was he the quarterback? The 57. The Y.A. T- of the Niners. What, you know, what team? He was, Y.A. Tittle was the quarterback of the 57 Niners. Bobby, right? Bobby Lane was the Lions. I should have known Bobby. That's Bobby a bad job. Am yeah, I right I about Tittle, by the way? I should have known I mean, that, Let too, me look up Y.A. Tittle. Hold I thought on. you were on the game. I thought you had like, the I box score. I know I didn't have the box score of that. I had a game story on Oh, that's a pretty good game story. <laughs> you think that history repeats itself and the Lions <laughs> are down like 25? This game feels like a... I mean, I don't want to agree with Bad Tiki, but it does feel like this is going to be a drag-out fight. Y.A. Tittle. Thank yeah. you. It feels like it's going to be who's most physical and who doesn't. And to your point about Garoppolo not being equivalent to Brock, but uh, who makes the least mistakes? Well, That's what this game feels like. I, I will give you this prediction about Championship Sunday. I think one of the games will be very high scoring, and the other game will be a low scoring slog. Uh-huh. And I think the low scoring slog is actually going to be Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. Really? I think the Raven Chief game, and I mean this with all respect to Pat Mahomes and all respect to Lamar Jackson, they are great players. I think the story of the AFC Championship game is going to be two things that are not Mahomes and Jackson. You want to know who they are? Who's that? Their defenses, because mm-hmm. both defenses are tremendous. Right. And the kickers. <laughs> Harrison Butker versus Justin Tucker. Let's face it, two of the most reliable kickers oh, so you're saying in the, the world. So you're saying the Ravens are winning then? I didn't say that. Why did I say that? Because Justin Tucker's the best kicker in the world. Um, uh, how many, how many, Butker might be the second best. Uh, how, many, true. how many big kicks in the postseason is Justin Tucker? Uh, not very many. Has he made more than Harrison Butker? No. Okay, so when you tell me... And I and we both agree they're the two best, most reliable kickers in the league. I agree with Sean. Mm-hmm. One guy's done it. Right. The other one guy's got to go do it. Yeah. True. And uh, big time rain in the forecast in Baltimore. Oh, is yes. it really? Yeah. So right now, San Francisco, the Santa Clara I looked up, 78 degrees, partly cloudy, 0% chance of precipitation. And by the way, I'm no joke, that's huge news for Purdy because yeah. it looked like yeah. that glove was a problem last week. Yeah. The yeah. fact that he even wore it was surprising. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't help you as a thrower. With when it's raining and it's slick like that, so but in Baltimore, so Baltimore right now, Baltimore, Maryland, Sunday, rain likely, eighty-two percent, high forty-eight, chance of rain's eighty percent, rainfall around a quarter of an inch. When it tampers up tonight, remember this is the early game. Rain showers continue into the evening, become, becoming more intermittent overnight. So it looks like the whole day yeah. will be a I, rainstorm. I wasn't even necessarily thinking it because of the weather, but that only makes me more confident. And and when I say low scoring. I'm not saying 10-7 or anything like that. Yeah. We are still talking about Pat Mahomes and Lamar yeah. Jackson. But I would say both teams are going to be under 20. I think we're looking at like a a 17-13, 17-14. It's going to be close. Now, I have confidence on who's going to win. And I think it's been pretty obvious where I'm going on this. I trust the dynasty. I trust the team that continues to defy all odds. And by the way, they continue to defy all odds. Like I was listening this morning to our guys in the morning, and every single person... Pick the Ravens to win the game. <laughs> like, everybody picked. Well, I think that's because they want the Ravens to win the game. No, I think you make a genuine prediction. Yeah. Like, I think Boomer, to his crowd, I want to give Boomer credit on this. Boomer picked the Chiefs, but he did the Evan, as Lugie likes to call it. 
He picked the Chiefs, but the Ravens to win. Close game, two-point game. Yeah. Ravens win, Chiefs cover. Ravens win, Chiefs cover. But everybody's picking the Ravens, and it reminds me of the same crap from last week and the same crap from the week before and the same crap I've heard all year. Right. Continue to doubt. Continue to not believe. Yeah, but there's a reason that you that the Kansas City Chiefs were able in the second half to, to start to take over the Bills. Their defense is, was terrible. And and injured and and banged up. I, Ravens are better. I agree. The I Ravens agree. are not that. I understand. I agree with you on that. So what does that mean? What, what are you trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll give you a good bet. For I fun. don't know, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there's I don't know if this is true, but I keep hearing rumblings that Jim Nance and Tony Romo like don't even like each other. Yeah. Is there truth to that? I've heard the same rumblings. Yeah. I'm going to pay attention to that on Sunday. I'm going to pay attention to everything Jim and Tony say to each other and try to pick up on if there's a dislike. So get ready, Lugie, for me to send you a lot of audio clips right. Sunday night. Can't wait. The, the media hasn't been good to my CBS colleagues this oh. week. Well, what have we done? Not not no. you. Oh. I'm just talking about like the broadcast media, like the, the covers broadcast ga- the games. They've been right? criticizing them? Crushing them. All week. Yeah, Marshan had a nice shred oh, piece on Romo Nance. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. He was killing him? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call it unfair. <laughs> I, wasn't, I, I like the read. I wasn't killing either guy. I was just saying I, I keep hearing these rumblings that they don't like each other. That's all I'm saying. That's not even a rip on anybody. Maybe me and Tiki don't like each other. What the hell's the difference? I, I hate Sean. Yeah, everybody thinks he hates me. Yeah, By the way, I do like you, Tiki. I those two. Like, I do like you as well. Those two don't like each other, though. Definitely not. That's for damn no, sure. Uh, let's go to, uh, let's see. Yeah, Steve in upstate New York. What's up, Steve? What up, Steve? First time. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, Evan, I hear you talking about uh, Belichick. He can take a defensive coordinator job. I disagree with this. Why? Because I, I think there's one team in the NFL next year, if they don't make the, uh, do anything in the, uh, in the playoffs or make the playoffs next year, mm-hmm. you don't think Jerry Jones would bring Belichick in to fix that team? Yeah, Come so – I'll give you the answer to Hold that. On, stay, I, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I cut him off. I apologize. That's all good. I'm sorry. I was what were you going to where he was. So I think he was in the supermarket. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> by the way, that's the reason I cut him off. It sounded like crap. Right, it, was like, it sounded like he was at the checkout line. Dink. Dink. <laughs> he probably was. My apologies. We'll find out that answer some other day. Right. Um, I think that next year, the odds of Bill getting a job are, they go down. I think every year he's out of football, they go down. No doubt. I would agree that if there's going to be a team next year, that call them up, and I power rank them. I'd put the Cowboys near the top because of desperation. No doubt. And, and they have the roster, just like the Falcons, to yeah. kind of win. They have the roster. They have the coach who's a lame duck. Mike McCarthy's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't know if he's getting an extension. And I could see that Jerry Jones desperation play. And I know you guys don't want to hear it, but the team that's number two, because it's always going to be a cloud, is the New York football Giants. Yeah, of course. They're always going to be there. Right. And if Dabes has a terrible year and they move on and they fire, I mean, it makes it makes sense. But I don't I don't think that that's the, the time frame for the Giants. No, I think the Cowboys fit. And I'll tell you this about the Jets real quick. I understand why Sean the other day even said, how do you not fire Sal and hire Belichick? Like, I get it. And what I have said is, I run it back for a year. I yeah. see what you got from this but staff. I also don't know if Bill Belichick would ever go to the New York Jets. Yeah, I don't think he would. And that's my point right. on this. Like, I get why we mention it and right. we, in theory, thinks it makes sense. But it doesn't, really. It doesn't. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Like, the Giants, whether you want to or not, like, there's a cloud. Bill loves the Giants. John mm-hmm. Merrill loves Bill. Like, there's a real relationship. The fans, the fans would be invigorated by it? Yeah. I mean, at least I think they would be. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe they'd want a younger, hot yeah, coordinator. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. But, In arguing with but people about Bi- Bill Belichick, I'm not sure. <laughs> but it is Bill Belichick, though. So the history is there. And you know it's not long term. Yes. So try to win something now and then go get the young coordinator. I think Bill Belichick coaching the New York Giants is a possibility, even if it's not likely. I think Bill Belichick ever coaching the Jets is fan fiction. That's how I think the differences are. I would agree with you. I get why we think it. I get why it's a talking point. I get why if the Jets are 0-3 next year, <laughs> I may even say, what are we doing? Fire. Like, I get. I, we all get why because of the situation they're in. It just feels like it's unrealistic based on relationships. Uh, Chris is in Seacliff, New York. Hey, Chris. Hey. What's hey, up, dude? Gigi. What's up? How are you guys? We're good. Hey. So this, this is for Evan. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I just... 
sit in my car here. Yeah. So, Evan, um, let's let's look at Belichick. Uh, Cheat, right? Yeah. As your old partner used to say, right? Yeah, yeah, Belichick. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, whatever. So, he's not – you can't go from the president to being the vice president, right? And, Evan, you know this stuff, right? Uh, you, you're, you, you're, you're you, vice president. Yeah, you can, but, but you can. Like, you're right. You can, but you can. Yeah, it's an ego thing. So that's the biggest. That's the biggest how, obstacle. How, how, about, how about he just retires? You know, he's seventy-two. You, you know, Chris, Chris, Chris. I love to retire. Chris, God. you can't, but you can. What I mean by that is, yeah, who would ever do that? Who would ever <laughs> go from being the president to the vice president? Who would ever do that? You're right. Like, who would do that? Until you realize that you have to. And that's my point about Belichick. He doesn't have to if he's willing to let his career end. But my point, and it's tough to argue, though you guys can try, and you guys have. If Bill Belichick is not coaching in the NFL next year, his chances of coaching again go down every single year. Yeah. The only way to stop that is by doing something. And in my eyes, as humbling as it is, that something is proving you can still coach in this league. And it's proving to anyone who thinks the game has passed him by and he can't relate to players and all that crap that we've heard. The only way to combat that is by doing it. So, yes, whoever goes from president to vice president, who would ever go from being the greatest head coach to a coordinator, you're right, as an ego, who would do it? You do it when you need to do it. And if Bill Belichick wants to be a head coach ever again, I think that's his closest avenue. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.